in three, two, one. My guest today has had to overcome big challenges in order to achieve big dreams. She uses her story of loss, struggle, and perseverance to inspire and empower others to make an impact in the world by turning pain into purpose. Through her work, she has helped countless people overcome obstacles and achieve their goals by embracing their unique strengths and identities. Her approach is grounded in empathy, compassion, and a deep understanding of the complexity of the human experience. Join me now for my conversation with Dr. Natabo Nube. Well, Dr. Tabo, welcome to the program. We're delighted to have you. Thank you so much for having me, Michael. Now, I was really excited about this interview. I've had a chance to read your background and some of the work that you've been doing, and you have an absolutely amazing story. You speak internationally. You talk about personal empowerment, overcoming failure, perseverance, consciousness, diversity, equity, inclusion. And you're originally from Zimbabwe, and you immigrated to Canada, and you have a very unique story. So let's start at the background, and how did you get to where you are today? And then we'll move forward and we'll dive into some of those topics. Let's give a little background for our listeners. You know, you're a doctor now, and I understand it was a dream of yours from a very young age. So why were you so driven to follow this calling? Right. So I was born and raised in Zimbabwe, Michael, and both my parents were teachers. And it has always been my mother's dream that I would one day become a medical doctor. And at the tender age of 14, unfortunately, my mother died in a tragic accident. It is true that, yes, it is true that out of pain, something beautiful can emerge. For me, it was the gift of a promise. As I was saying my last goodbyes to my mother, watching her lying down in her coffin, I said, Mama, Nile which means, Mama, I have hope. I continued and said, I'll try by all means. I'll fulfill my ambition and I'll strive to be a doctor. And I'll say that those words, of course, that promise has served as a guiding light in my journey and a spiritual campus, taking me from Zimbabwe and bringing me to Canada and where not only have I managed to become a medical doctor, but now I'm also an international speaker traveling the world, using the gift of my voice and story to inspire for positive change, to give people hope and to raise consciousness at such a time. And that's a great calling and it keeps you on a busy schedule. Your journey to become a doctor was full of challenges though. It wasn't an easy road, was it? It was not an easy road. Now you can imagine, Michael, arriving in Canada, you're 16 years old, And you're living in community housing subjected to poverty and everything around you does not necessarily align with that big dream of one day becoming a medical doctor. I remember walking down the street and seeing sex workers, drug dealers, you name it. And all those things did not, of course, align with my big dream, my vision of one day becoming a medical doctor. But because of that catchment area, I came in alignment with a program called Pathways to Education. This is a nonprofit organization that catered to kids who are coming from low-income homes. And that program was my saving grace. They provided me with a mentor, with a tutor, and also with financial support. And that's how I actually got my Fulbright scholarship into McMaster University. So I would say that despite the fact that there were so many challenges, but I do also recognize that there was that thread of grace that has always protected me. And that has also created room and space for me to 
achieve my dream of becoming a medical doctor. Well, let's talk about just a few of those challenges. I know you grew up in the projects, basically, Canadian version of what we have, but it wasn't the most opulent neighborhoods. It was a rougher neighborhood for sure. What else were some of the challenges that you had to overcome? I think it's honestly, it starts with believing in yourself. Representation matters, Michael. But when you live in a catchment area where you're not exposed to any doctors, neither are you exposed to a lot of professional people, you tend to believe that you will not amount to anything. So I'll say one of the biggest challenges was remaining positive. I missed those challenges. I missed those circumstances and being able to feed my mind, my spirit, my soul with a positive narrative about who I was, but also concerning the possibility of my dreams. So I would say that the biggest challenge for me was staying grounded and continuing on to believe in myself despite the circumstances and despite the narrative that people held to be true for people who were coming from the environment that I was coming from. Now, school wasn't easy for you, was it? So even though you scholarshiped and you went to school, it was even challenges while you were in school because you're still overcoming mindset issues. You're still overcoming geographical issues, your friends, your culture is not your own, not what you were used to. What were some of the challenges that you had? And then I believe you also had a, which is a really nice touching part of the story. You had, let's call it a guardian angel step in and kind of help you along the way. Yes, yes. So when I finished fulfilling my prerequisites for medical school at McMaster University, so what happened was I then applied to Windsor University School of Medicine. Unfortunately, the scholarship that I was on when I was at McMaster University, they couldn't continue funding for my studies since medical school was a lot more expensive. So what happened around that time was that I so happened to be in a hair saloon trying to get my hair done. And I was also carrying a Pathways to Education magazine. And in that magazine, they had highlighted my story as a gifted child. And I remember the lady who was getting my hair done started just having a conversation with me and she took interest in my journey. And she could see that in that story that they had written about me and my journey, they had mentioned that I had a big dream of one day becoming a medical doctor. So she said to me, so you're in medical school now, and if not, why are you not yet in medical school? And then I was vulnerable enough in that moment to tell her that I had been accepted, but I was facing financial predicament as I was you know, experiencing challenges with accessing funding, which would allow me to be able to go to medical school. And she said to me, why is that? And then I said, well, all the banks basically require me to have a co-signer and have at least a collateral so that way I can apply for yep. the bank loan. And I don't have any of that. I mean, I was coming from the projects, as you can imagine. And the lady was kind enough to say, you know, I'll talk to my husband and we'll see if we can help you. And I shared with her my phone number, like literally roughly about three days after she called me back and she said, my husband and I are willing to give you $10,000 to start. Now you can wow. imagine, this was 2011, 2011, yeah. $10,000 was a lot of money. It still is. Yeah, a lot of still money. is. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. And from somebody who probably, it was a stretch for them probably to do that and make that contribution as well. If you have but a lot of money. Her, yeah. did say that she did say that she has never helped anybody ever in her life but something moved in her to release herself to me in that way in that very kind way and uh, i would say now looking back in a reflective mode i would say that there is power in having a dream 
in holding on to the dream and totally surrendering to it. You don't need to know how you're going to get there. You just need to have a why. And that why is going to be your driving force. And what I have come to understand from my humbling life experiences is that when your intention is pure and you truly desire something from a good place, from a place of wanting to serve, to help humanity, the universe has a special way of making room for you and creating avenues which allow you to be able to fulfill that dream and that vision that you have for yourself. Yeah, well said. It conspires to help you. Conspires exactly. to help. I, I believe it was Paolo Coelho who say that when you have a dream, the universe conspires to make that thing happen. It is so true. And in the same vein and power, Michael, I remember, of course, $10,000 was not going to be enough for a full academic year. I remember talking to a friend of mine. She was based in Chicago at the time. And then she says to me, you know, Tabu, Oprah Winfrey is all about empowering the girl child and women through education. How about you go on her website? Maybe you're going to land on a scholarship or a bursary. So I literally just followed her lead and went on the Oprah Winfrey website. And the first thing that popped up was, tell us your story. You become what you believe. And I didn't see anything connected to or related to scholarships or bursaries. I just said, tell us your story. You become what you believe. And I quickly typed in that at the age of 14, my mother passed away in a tragic accident and I'll soon be studying medical school. And then the Oprah people called back. And I had to go through two or three series of interviews with them. And then I got through the interviews. And then I got that once in a lifetime opportunity of being part of Oprah Winfrey's life class on You Become What You Believe. And I always share the story to say to people that you don't know where it's going to come from. But when you're truly aligned to the truth of your being and you surrender to it and you believe in yourself, there's a special way in which the universe is going to throw in certain opportunities along the way, which help you remember who you are. I'll never forget the day, Michael, when I was in that room, surrounded by roughly about 40 incredible women who had such powerful stories of overcoming their own challenges and adversities, of turning their struggles into strength and their pain into their calling. But of course, listening to Oprah Winfrey's story about how she emerged as a voice of hope coming from rural Mississippi and how she emerged on the world stage as a voice of hope and inspiration for such a time. And in that moment, I was the youngest 22-year-old in the room. I don't know how that happened, but I was there just soaking in all of the wisdom, all of these stories. And in that moment, I literally started seeing myself in a higher light, in a different way. And that's why I always say to people, our stories matter representation matters. It's when you hear another person's story that you are better able to see yourself in a higher light. So for me, it was a shifting moment where I was able to say, though I've been through all of that, though I recognize the hand that life has dealt me with, but I can still make something great out of all of these different circumstances. I can still turn my lemon into lemonade, right? And that's right. why really we share our stories because when we do so, we empower other people, we inspire other people, and we help other people to feel seen and heard despite their circumstances, despite where they are coming from. It is that whisper of light that says you too can, you know, that you are enough, that it is possible when you believe in yourself. And so I think 
for me, it was such a gift to have been afforded that opportunity to partake in that life class and to listen to all those stories. I was 22 years old at the time, not really having a sense of clarity in terms of my calling, but I believe that that moment kind of shifted the lens through which I saw myself and through which I saw my struggles. Oh, perfect. Well, and I like the term you used, remembering. We help people remember. It's yes. innately in us. Our growth, our opportunities, it's the acorn becomes an oak tree. All right. Yes. It's there. The, the oak tree is inside the acorn. It's unleashing that potential. So yes. remembering and helping to remember is important. And I really like what you said about we need to see it in ourselves. And you changed your perspective of yourself. Mm-hmm. And that helped drive some of your changes and your growth. I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to that feeling of wanting to give up in tough times. And you've certainly had your fair share of them. I'd love to hear your insight on that. What advice would you have for someone who wants to give up on their goals? They want to give up on their dreams. They're not achieving those dreams the way they think they do. And I think it matters the kind of goals, but maybe they want to define success a certain way. Maybe it was a big house, nice car, lots of zeros in their bank account. How we create that, what we think is important, isn't always the most important things. So what advice would you have for someone who wants to give up? They haven't achieved what they want to, or they're dissatisfied with their current existence. What advice would you give them? Well, first of all, I would say this, Michael, I'll say I've been there myself. So I know Mm -hmm. what it means firsthand to be in that position and to feel the world crushing in on you. And I would say that every human being has been there at some point. Of course, our challenges are different. They're not the same. But at the end of the day, we've all been through something, right? My challenge might Mm -hmm. have been having access to to a bank loan so I could go to medical school, but somebody's challenge could be them not being able to get the good grades, which afford them the opportunity to go to university, right? But despite whatever your challenges are, despite whatever it is that you're going through, what I always say to people is that you need to dig deep within yourself for that strength. And also keep on asking yourself the big question, why do I want this? Why do I want this? Right. And when you have a solid, powerful why, I know that your intention is going to inspire you and give you the strength that you need to continue on. And the other practical thing to do as well is to seek help from people who are already where you want to be, from people who have already overcome the challenges that you're going through. Right. Nobody makes it alone, Michael. Like I was sharing with you earlier that there were people that have been positioned along my path, who have held my hand, who have opened the door for me, who have helped me apply for different opportunities, whatever that was. But then all these people ultimately are the reason why I am where I am today in this position where I can stand here and say, I am that girl who at 14 made a promise to her dear mother in Zimbabwe. I am that girl who arrived in Canada at the age of 16, 17 years old, living in the project. I am that girl who ended up going to medical school. I am that girl who has been afforded an opportunity to be a part of Oprah Winfrey Life class. I am that girl who has had an opportunity to do a TEDx talk, right? Being highlighted on Global News TV, CBC News Network, being on the cover page of the Canadian Immigrant Magazine, all these defining moments. But how I got there is because I put myself out there. I aligned myself with the right people. And those people helped me to channel my gift, to channel my path. And I always say this to people, there's power in asking, you know, Mm -hmm. there's power in asking. Sometimes we are afraid to say, I need help. We're afraid to say, I'm struggling. I'm in pain. I'm experiencing this challenge. But if I didn't have it in me to ask, 
I wouldn't be here. And you'll be surprised and shocked that there's so many people who are actually willing to help you get to where you want to go. You don't just wake up, you're an international speaker. Like literally when somebody asked me, oh, so how did you get here? How have you received all the speaking opportunities? How has it been happening? Like literally, I would meet this right person. Then they lead me to the next right person. And that person leads me to the next one. You know how it goes, right? Right, absolutely. Yeah, and that's how it happens. You don't know where it's coming from. Then to the position where I'm at now, where Michael, like you were saying, you stumbled on my profile on one of the speakers' bureaus and then you reached out. So it's taken a long time for me to get here. But ultimately, I was humble enough to ask. I was vulnerable enough to ask for help. And the universe was kind enough to also align me and position me with the right people who are willing to open those doors for me. This episode is sponsored in part by Rainmaker Digital Solutions, featuring ActiveCampaign. Looking to drive growth with customer experience automation? ActiveCampaign, the number one marketing automation platform for e-commerce, B2C and B2B companies, gives you the email marketing, marketing automation, and CRM tools you need to create incredible customer experiences. ActiveCampaign is the platform we use to reach, nurture, convert, and grow our business, and you can use it to grow yours. You can see why 150,000 plus businesses like yours choose ActiveCampaign to help them grow and become preferred in the markets they serve. You can also start your free trial by visiting our website and clicking on the ActiveCampaign trial link. As a bonus, we'll also give you a digital copy of my book, Becoming Preferred, How to Outsell the Competition. And in the interest of full disclosure, I am a shareholder in the company. And now back to my conversation with Dr. Notabo Nube. It's like you say, we all face trials, but it sounds like the formula for coming through those tough times is to pay attention, figure out why you're doing it, understand what your why is all about, and then don't be scared to ask people for help and say, hey, I could use your help. And to your point, the people who've achieved that are willing to give back. That's one thing I've noticed with people who are successful, they're happy to give back. If they recognize in you that that's an honest, purposeful Cause yeah. yeah, if you're sitting there going, hey, I want to pick your brain because I want to be a millionaire at age 30 and I want to do this. I want a nice car. I don't think that's a good healthy reason in order to do it. Yes. Like in my case, originally the dream obviously was to become a medical doctor. And I would say that my mother instilled that in me from a young age. So right. it grew to become the only and most logical career path to take because of the affirmations and the validation that my mother had already deposited into me. I mean, leading up to the time when she passed away. But what I would say is that as I grew into it, as I grew into a deeper awareness about who I was, I started realizing that I actually love to help people. So it was no longer just about, oh, I want to go to medical so I can fulfill the dream or the promise that I made to my mother. But it was about how am I going to be able to use the gift of healing, the gift of my voice and story to impact other people? to create health spaces which allow other people to heal themselves, right? So I would Mm -hmm. say that it's actually very important to have a why. To your point, it's not just about, oh, by that I want to be a millionaire. No, you have to connect your vision, your idea to how you're going to be a solution in your community to the world at large. How are you shifting the narrative forward? How are you becoming the cutting edge in whatever it is that you're doing? right? How are you flipping the script, right? How are you being of service to another person? Are you You coming from contribution or taking? 
Exactly. And once you're moving in the vein of contributing to community, contributing to the world around you, the universe has a special way of lifting you up and literally opening doors that allow you to shine. And that's how I've managed to get here, to get where I am. And of course, you have to be strong. There are moments, Michael, where it has been hard, obviously, to get myself out of the bed. And there have been times when sometimes it's not really unfolding in the way that I envisioned. It would Life would open up for me. And there are times when outright I've received a no. You don't always yeah. get a yes. But then it's about how bad do you want it? What is your why? And if you continue to be connected to your why and you have that as your voice of reason, believe you me, in time, the universe has no choice but to bow down to the energy of your being, to bow down to your gifts, to your talents, to your dream, to your vision, to your mission, whatever it is that you desire, right? So it's truly about being connected to self and knowing who you are and also knowing why you want it. You know, I get to interview a lot of interesting people with interesting stories, and they all say the same thing. Mm-hmm. So we should take that, as, let's just say, a truism, right? And speaking of truisms, you once said that failure reintroduced me to myself. Now, that's a powerful statement, and yeah. you talked about it a little bit. Can you expand on the value of failure? If it wasn't for failure, Michael, I wouldn't be doing the work that I'm doing in the world as a speaker. If it wasn't for failing, I wouldn't know what my life's purpose is. If it wasn't for failure, I wouldn't have the passion and the drive that I have to help humanity. So truly, failure introduced me to myself. It made me realize my strength, my power, and the gift of my calling. So sometimes you have to stumble so you come to the light of who you are. It was through the well, wrong if you're per- persistent and resilient enough, the failure isn't failure at all. It's more like negative feedback. You need to change course in your direction. Try something new. I look at everything as experiments and some experiments work and some don't. So when I take on something, I say, well, this is an experiment. We don't yeah. know if it works or not. I call those life snudges and whispers. So sometimes you're on a certain path and it's not working out. Then look the other way. Try a different path, right? If one right. door closes got to the next door. Eventually, the nature of life is that there's a door that is going to open up for you, right? And what I've come to realize that even those moments of closed opportunities, closed doors, it's because you're being led to where you're supposed to be. Right. If you look at it as, wow, if this wouldn't have happened, then this wouldn't have happened, and then yeah. that wouldn't have happened. I was talking I remember- to my mentors. He recently had one of his businesses closed down. And I said, mm-hmm. how do you feel about it? And he said, you know what, Tabo? The truth is I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now if it wasn't for that business closing down. So it had to have happened that way in order for me to be led here to this moment. And I see greater success coming my way now. So it's truly really about how you're seeing through your challenges, your circumstances in that moment. And once you allow, if you have, I would say, a healthy sense of awareness and perception about whatever it is that you'll be going through, you'll be able to navigate it. And ultimately, you're going to be led to where you're supposed to be. Earlier on, we spoke about this, Michael, we spoke about remembering. I always say this to people that ever since I was born, leading up to this moment, life has been gracious enough to throw at me the right circumstances, the right perfect circumstances, the right people, the right opportunities, the right challenges. All these different things have helped me remember who I am. And what I mean by that is, can you imagine at the time that I needed a bank loan and needed money to go to school, 
then I end up sending my story to Oprah Winfrey. The goal wasn't to meet Oprah Winfrey. The goal was to get money to go to school. But my circumstances in that moment led me to send my story to Oprah Winfrey because I needed money to go to school. But there I was being afforded that once in a lifetime opportunity and in turn sitting in that room and listening to the stories of other women. And that experience allowed me to see myself in a bigger and higher light. Right. So that's what we mean when we say that each and every circumstance that you have been dealt, each and everything Mm -hmm. that you had to go through, it presented itself to you in such a perfect way. And in the way in which it presented itself, it was in such a way that it would help you remember who you are. So sometimes we don't take heed to the whispers and signs. We continue blind walking through life. But to the people that are conscious enough and aware enough to recognize the nudges, they're able to run with them, to fly with them. And then that's why we say, oh, wow, they've reached their destiny or they're unfolding their destiny is because those people are true to themselves and they are following the nudges and the whispers of their own journey. Well said. Well, we tend to focus on those incidents or issues in the moment right? Like when the pandemic hit, we look at that and it was an easy distraction from our long-term perspective. As professional speakers, our gigs and engagements all canceled and we had to shift either virtual or not at all. Those who weren't able to pivot into something else. Our business was recession-proof, but it wasn't pandemic-proof and had to make adjustments. Well, if you have a long view, if you have a long perspective and you look at this as a hiccup, then it's really not such a big deal in the big scheme of things. We came through it. We were healthy. We weren't sick. Our family members all came through. So there's the blessing in that. Plus it caused us to pivot and then go, oh, wait a minute. Our business isn't secure as it needs to be. Or we reprioritized other things that were maybe too high on the priority and make readjustments. So I think we need time and distance in order to judge it as a good or a bad thing. So when you had those events happen to you, that's that refiner's fire, right? If we look at it in the moment, we go, this is terrible. But if we look at from a long-term perspective or a viewer looking back at it, we're going, well, if that wouldn't happen, this wouldn't happen and this wouldn't happen and this wouldn't, I wouldn't be where, wow, the universe is a little smarter than I am. You share your story to inspire and empower others. What's the healing power of storytelling from your point of view? For me, the healing power of storytelling lies in that when I experience somebody standing their vulnerability in the truth, I'm better able to see myself I'm better able to experience my own challenges or my own pain or my past failures through different eyes, through different Mm -hmm. lens. And I think for me, that is the gift that I experienced from being a part of Oprah Winfrey's live class, just hearing those incredible women sharing their own stories and hearing Oprah sharing her own story. I was able to see myself in a different light and I was able to connect with my own story in a different light. And that in itself is the healing gift. When we hear, when we see another, we're able to see ourselves. We're able to heal. It's more of me too. Oh, you went through that? Me too. Oh, that's human. That's part of the human experience. And as we do that individually and collectively, Michael, we all together heal. We all create healthy spaces that allow people to see themselves. We all create healthy spaces that allow people to thrive through their pain. Right. So I would say for me, there's power in hearing and seeing is that representation 
right? Oh, she went through that too. I did too. That's a human experience. That's normal. Because before you hear other people's stories, we have the tendency of thinking that life is against us. The universe is against us. I'm the only person that has had to go through that, not realizing that it's fundamental for every human being to go through something at a point in their own lives, right? So for me, that is the healing gift. That is the healing power. When we commune together, when we commune together in truth, in hope, in love, in the power of inspiration, we allow other people to see themselves and we allow other people to heal themselves. We allow other people to have the power and the strength to be able to turn their own circumstances into something more meaningful for themselves, but also for their own communities. And that can be a challenge when you're going through it, for sure. We understand what that can look like. You can have the theory of this, but to actually put it into application and practice, sometimes the minute you decide to go down that path, the universe decides to test you and go, really? Oh, you're declaring to be that? No, are you? It's actually very interesting. I always put it this way. That it's as though the universe, when you say, oh, I'm here, or now I know this, the universe is going to throw at you a test and say, okay, for sure, do you really know yourself? Do you really understand this this way? Whatever you declare you're going to be, the universe will show something and say, really, let's test that and see if that's true. And so be careful what you ask for, because if you want patience, develop more patience or understanding, it's going to throw circumstances at you that help develop patience and understanding. The words matter. And you believe that our words and our thoughts have the power to create our outer world and our inner world. Michael, most certainly. I will tell you, I always say this to people that the moment I spoke those words into the universe at 14 in Zimbabwe, those words, mama, I have hope. I'll try by all means and I'll strive to be a doctor. I'll fulfill my ambition. I believe that in that moment, I was giving permission to the universe to conspire with me and for me. So that way I could one day fulfill that dream, right? So I do believe in the power of our thoughts and of our words. Whatever you believe you are, you are. Whatever you know yourself to be, you are that. And that's why I'm very much conscious about the words that I speak to myself. Ubuntu. Yes. Is the I am, right? That's the harnessing the power of the I am. That is powerful. What is in me is in you. I am because you are, right? So I'm very conscious of the words that I speak into other people's lives, but also into my life. The energy that people experience for me, if it's a healing energy, it creates a ripple effect in the world, right? Yeah. Yes, we do believe in the power. Do you still fall down sometimes? Like the formulas, you know how to get out of it. Most of us, if you've lived long enough, you're going through it, but do you still, what's the word, get triggered sometimes or fall into a trap even for a period of time? And then what's your process for getting out of that? Or that funk, let's call it, you get into a funk, maybe things didn't go swell, maybe you got a bunch of cancellations that came through, maybe, you know, that that book deal didn't come through, you had some disappointment. We all have that, right? We all have that. On the outside, we show our bravado, our brave faces, but I'm sure you have, I have moments where I might be in tears on something. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. And I have to go through a process to get myself back into that. Do you have that as well? Oh, I do, Michael. I experience that all the time. And especially right now, I'm just like going through that defining moment in my journey where I'm elevating to the next stage, you know. But one thing that I always say is that the higher you go, the bigger the demon, you know, you have to deal with. Yes, but <laughs> yeah, think, exactly. Yeah, it, that's just the way it's set up. But I think for me, what keeps me sound is that in as much as I'm dealing with bigger challenges now in comparison to before, obviously the challenges are packaged differently as well in comparison to when I was younger. 
But what I would say is that I think because I've grown spiritually and I'm more aware of myself, when life throws at me different challenges, my perception of the challenges is different now in comparison to before. Now I realize that whatever life throws at me, it's there to help me evolve into a deeper level. It's a difference. Exactly. It's meant to help me shed away layers of what no longer serves me. So that way I can channel my power into the right space, into the thing that is more aligned to Tabu, right? Because I would say that life is a spiritual experience. We're here to grow more spiritually. So whatever it is that life throws at me, right now. It's just there to help me grow. It's there to help me evolve. It's there to help me come to lend myself in a deeper way, in a more profound way, in a more enlightened way. So I receive it with grace. I receive the challenges with love. And I say, okay, what are you here to teach me? What are you here to teach me today? And the more I'm receptive to the universe, the more the universe gives me the right answers, the answers that I need, which help me to put my energy into the right space. I'll share the story with you. I was nominated as a finalist for the Woman Changing the World Awards to be held in London. And these awards are being presented by Oprah Winfrey's all-time favorite guest, Dr. Tara Rytrand. So it's such a powerful alignment, really. But I remember when I first got the first nomination, it was for one award. And I was like, oh, wow. So they sent me um, some questions. Then I had to fill them out. And then they were just asking a lot of different questions. I am, why I do what I do and everything. I think one of the questions was really trying to get to the core of who I am. And I remember my response. I said, I wouldn't be here if I didn't recognize that the light in me and the darkness in me rounds parallel to each other, right? So basically I was saying that in order for me to be who I am and in order for me to have gotten to where I am, I had to be dealt with bad, with good, I had to have experienced the wrong tense and the right tense. I had to have also allowed the darkness in me and light in me to run parallel to each other because ultimately that's how you grow and evolve. And it was just being me sharing my thoughts effortlessly in that way. And then they responded and they said, oh, your responses were so powerful. I think you are actually a thought leader of our time. So they ended up making me a finalist for two other awards, which I wasn't originally nominated for. I was surprisingly a finalist in all of those three categories. But all this, Michael, is a reminder to be who you are, who you're supposed to be. And right. authentic, um, be yourself. Authentic, be yourself. Share your thoughts in the way that life is, is being revealed to you. Stand in that. Don't be afraid of your truth. Don't be afraid of your authenticity. Sometimes it may make other people feel uncomfortable, but it's your truth nonetheless, and it's what the world needs. And I've come to recognize that the very things that you're afraid to share, the very things that you're afraid to stand in, in terms of your truth, are the things the world needs. That's Mm, how you mm -hmm. change the world. That's how you know. That's how you know. Yeah. That's how you shift culture forward. And those are the very things that make people heal themselves because those uncomfortable conversations, those vulnerable conversations allow people to see themselves in a higher light, right? Mm, So it was such a powerful moment for me when they responded saying, oh, you know what, we're nominating you exactly for two more awards, making it a total of three. I mean, of course, receiving it with humility, but more than anything, what was validated in my spirit was that. It is validation. Yes, validation and a reminder to be true to who you are. I know you believe that we are one and that our journeys are all connected. Yeah. Explain that one for us. 
We're all one and connected. What do you mean? What I mean by that is that who you are, Michael, and who I am, what is in me, what is in you is the same. We're all connected by one spirit, one source, one energy source, one creator. And that vibration is in each and every one of us. It's waiting for you and I to rise to meet it, right? So there's that connecting thread in every human experience. I mean, of course, through the lens of humanity, people can look at you and say, you're white, you're a man, or they can look at me and say, I'm black, I'm a woman. But fundamentally, what is in Michael is a spirit, is a soul, is an energy. And what is in Tavo is a soul, is a spirit, is an energy. And that energy is what connected Michael and Tavo, even right in this moment. So we are all connected. We're all the same. We're all one. We're all traveling this world together. What is beautiful, what would be beautiful is if people could open their eyes to recognize that and to see that would create more loving human beings because we recognize that we are all the same. We are one. We are all connected. We're all yearning for the same things. We're all yearning to be seen and heard for who we truly are. And really, that's fundamental for every human being. So if there's one thing that I could say to each and every person in the world, it it would be that we are the same. We are one. Mm. We're all connected by one spirit, one source, one energy. And that energy is love. If we only could surrender to it, then we'd be able to experience human beings in a more loving, in a more kind, in a more gracious way. Mm. Well said, well said. And be on the alert for those who would divide us, those who would label us, sign labels to us and get us fighting each other or just being disagreeable with each other. We're all going to have little issues. We're one big family, the human family. But as you said, we are connected. What I do to you, I do to myself. And once we understand that, that everything comes from a place of humanity. And that's why sometimes it takes a tragedy of some sort or magnitude to where we come together, we come together. So the goodness is there. Just we should try and do it at any time, not just whether some bad thing happens or some special event. Hey, Dr. Tabo, this was absolutely a treat having you. Thank you for sharing your insights. We'll have all your contact information on our show notes. I know they can find you on LinkedIn and we've got your website, drtabo.com. Very good. And we'll have all of that. They can find topics that you speak on and there's lots of them that we didn't even get to cover, but thank you so much for sharing your time with us. Yes. And thank you so much, Michael, for having me. My pleasure. This podcast is created and associated with Summit Media. My executive producer is Beth Smith and director of research, Tori Smith. The fee for the show is that you share it with friends when you find something useful or interesting. This podcast is subject to copyright by Summit Media. Goodbye.